And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican, grand old Republican, who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man. Welcome to today's program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. And I am coming at you live, and this is The Really Real Deal. And we're going to have a little less fanfare. Uh, You know how I get down, those of you uh, who are regular listeners. Uh, But this is the Memorial Day uh, weekend, and uh, there will be observances, and and, and I hope most of us uh, understand that we observe Memorial Day. We do not celebrate Memorial Day. And, uh, but, you know, I think those that uh, are our gold star families, I think the the dead who have given their lives, who've given the last last measure uh, to ensure that we have freedom, I think they really wouldn't mind if we, uh, you know, have our cookouts and, and, and folks that tend to see it as a celebration. I don't, you know, I, I don't say that in judgment because I don't think they would say it in judgment. I think they're happy that we live in the land of the free. And uh, I think what they would hope that we would uh, also continue to be is the home of the brave uh, because that's the only way we remain free is to remain brave, uh, to face the uh, adversaries and the enemies because as it's been said so often, freedom is not something that is uh, in our DNA. Freedom is something you have to fight for because there are people out here that do not want man to be free. Uh, this freedom, it's a gift from God. And I think this is what our, our, our brave soldiers understand, that it is indeed a gift from God. And when I stand behind this microphone every week and share with you all the seven C's of a successful society, Christian faith, conservative values, constitutional limits, choice in all things, capitalistic opportunity, confrontation with evil. And I put extra emphasis on that one. Although all seven of them (laughs) really uh, deserve equal emphasis. But um, and then, of course, the final one would be consistency and application of law. 
uh, something that we see very, very little of uh, in the times in which we live. We, we see uh, one set of rules for people who are very, very well-connected, and we see another set of rules for the ordinary person. But on Memorial Day, we remember the words of uh, the late, great Ernie Pyle. And Ernie Pyle wrote that he was a war correspondent, for those of you who, who may not recognize the name. But he wrote that war makes strange giant creatures out of us little routine men who inhabit the earth. And these men do things that we ask them to do. They don't do things that they would do of their own volition. We ask, in my 11 o'clock hour, I'm going to interview an author who wrote a book called The Coffin Corner Boys. These guys were 19, 20, 21 years old. And the area of the war where they served was called the Coffin Corner for obvious reasons. And no one would willingly just do that. They do that because their country calls on them and asks of them, do this even though you may not come home so that others may live. And the little things we get asked to do, we whine and complain like children. And mind you, these are 19 and 20-year-olds. Now, there was a case last week, a 30-year-old man had to be taken to court by his parents to kick him out of the house. And you have 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds, flying airplanes, jumping out of airplanes. And a 30-year-old man, first of all, the joker couldn't even get a haircut. His hair down his back, looked like a fool. And whining, oh, I don't bother my parents. Well, you bother your parents by not being a man. It's not that you're in their, in their basement and you're quiet and you, and you don't bother them physically. Spiritually, you bother, particularly, I'm sure, your father. You bother the soul of your father. Every man wants his son to be a man. Every mother wants his, her son to be a man. And so we honor the men and the women who have served and who've given the last full measure. We honor them by observing Memorial Day. And I hope you all remember this when you're having your hot dog and your hamburger. And I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you, you all can stick around for the, the second hour. I really, I really do. But, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the words of, uh, I remember Zell Miller. And, you know, one of the things that it, it bothers me it really bothers me. I don't, want, I don't mean to make this about politics, but it really bothers me that you could have a, a, a West Point code that says a cadet will not lie, cheat, or steal, nor tolerate those who do. And we tolerate that crap every day. Every day. Every day we tolerate it. And not only do we tolerate it, but these people that take these oaths in these various uh, high institutions, they, 
They tolerate this. Remember that a cadet will not lie, cheat, or steal, nor tolerate those who do. Why do we tolerate these things? Why do we not, I mean, you know, why do we not do the simplest things? We complain about having to pay taxes. Now, I'm in agreement we shouldn't have to pay super high taxes. Why can't we just all pay 10%? God asked for 10%. He doesn't say, oh, well, you're rich, you need to give 20%, and you're poor, you need to give 0%. He says 10%. That's a fair share. And when people lie and say, oh, the rich are not paying their fair share, we tolerate the lie. But what was, what's that code say? A cadet will not do what? Lie, cheat, or steal. They lie every day, and we tolerate it every day. The government swamp. They're making money hand over fist and delivering nothing to the American people. So they steal every day, and we tolerate it every day. The last of my seven C's of a successful society, consistency and application of law. And the well-connected, they cheat every day, and we tolerate it every day. Even President Trump tolerates it. And I have proof that he tolerates it because that joker has not fired enough people. He can go on a reality TV show and say you're fired, and that's fake. But now Jeff Sessions, his hind parts needs to be fired. The man is not toting a set of onions. He's toting a set of blueberries, Boy Scout. And yet, our soldiers, we ask our soldiers to do things that no human being should have to do. But simple things we cannot do. And so, food for thought. I didn't mean my opening to be rough and tumble, but I am the hatchet man. So, we're going to have, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to have a former Marine. You know, know they say uh, no such thing as an ex-Marine, only only a former Marine. Uh, Very fine gentleman. And he's also running to have the right to represent the Republican Party in the Senate race against the incumbent, Tim Kaine. And and I'm speaking of E.W. Jackson, Bishop E.W. Jackson. So we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to have Bishop E.W. Jackson. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Mine eyes have seen the glory. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org. And 
saltandlightcouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And folks, as promised, we have a really real deal candidate, a really real deal pastor, a really real deal Marine, <laughs> Bishop E.W. Jackson. E.W., how are you? I'm doing great, Brother Craig. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, brother. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always talking about the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition. And uh, well, don't forget Capitalistic Coalition. And you check all the, <laughs> you check all those boxes, brother. So uh, we love our Christian brothers out here. Uh, we love our conservative values and uh, you epitomize this, E.W., and, uh, and you, you're running for United States Senate, the, uh, as I did kind of a little brief introduction before you came on, that um, uh, for the right to face off against Tim Kaine. And uh, we, you know, our cup truly runneth over, man. We have three fantastic candidates. And, um, and you know, and one, one interesting dynamic that I've not heard anyone, well, I've talked about it several times, is we have three generations represented, with you being a, a baby boomer, uh, the elder mm-hmm. statesman of the group, and, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, with Corey being my generation, Generation X, and with Nick Freitas being, I don't want to say exactly millennial, he's kind of on the cusp right where right. the millennial and the Gen Xer diverge. But um, so share, you know, and all three of you are great. So share with the audience, what is it about you being a member of the baby boom generation or being, you know, an, an older gentleman experience, a Marine? That's why I played your song. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I, listen, I stood up and saluted. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, what is it? Uh, just speak on the intergenerational dynamic, and uh, and then there there we have older generations that are still voting. The silent generation. We have a right. few a few left over from the GI generation. And uh, so, speak to what is it that you have learned uh, generationally? The types of experiences you've had that would prepare you, and I think all three of you would make a great senator, but I'm more concerned yeah. with the preparation to to rip a new you-know-what for Tim Kaine because that's the only way you're going to become 
the senator is you got to beat not only Tim Kaine, but the Democrat machine, the media machine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the naysayers that say it can't be done in Virginia. Well, well, Brother Greg, first of all, let me just say that I like and respect both of my competitors. And, and of course, I would support them over Tim Kaine any day of the week and twice on Sunday, as they say. Thank you for that. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, so I have nothing negative to say about them. I, I would say this, uh, two things. One is at the age of 66 years old, <clears throat> I'm not seeking to be a career politician. And, um, and I would say both of them, of course, I think they, they really do want careers in politics. I think that's important to them. That's not important to me. What's important to me is saving my country. And I believe our country is in deep trouble. I believe Virginia is the place most important in the establishment of this country because George Washington James Madison, George Mason, not to mention Thomas Jefferson, all Virginians, all instrumental in the founding of our nation. In fact, without them and without their important contribution, America would not look the way it looks right now. So uh, I really believe that we need somebody more like President Trump. Not uh, My style is a little different than his, mm-hmm. but he's, he doesn't come from the world of politics. He comes from the world of business. I come from the world of business and ministry and nonprofit mm-hmm. work. Um, and, and I think that that is, is an advantage in this day and time when I think people want to get back to this idea that politics is a temporary mm-hmm. engagement to serve, not a life, not a lifelong career. Entitlement. So, yeah. So that's, now, that's one thing. Yeah. Now with Trump, what about Trump's lack of fear? Okay, and then you being a a, a a minister, a preacher of the gospel, you understand, E.W., more than most, that the most oft-repeated phrase in God's holy word is fear not. And speak to, you know, why Trump became president, the lack of fear, and then on the other side, the uh, Republican establishment, they seem like they're scared of their own shadow. Well, you know, and I think this comes back to his not being a politician because politicians tend to be very measured. They're very careful. What does the polling say? What is what are the trends saying? Mm-hmm. And what I said to people across the Commonwealth, Craig, is generally speaking, politicians generally, and I'm not saying all, but right. generally are not leaders. They're followers. They yes. tend to be thermostats. That is thermometers, not thermostats. So they tend to want to know what the temperature is rather than trying to set the temperature. Mm. And I think President Trump is a leader. <clears throat> He's been leading all of his adult life, and that's what he does. He he wants to make things happen. He wants to get things done. He doesn't care what's happened in the past. He doesn't care what people normally do. What he wants to do is make things happen. And I think mm. that kind of can-do attitude means I don't care about a career. I care about doing the job that people are sending me here to do. Uh, and, and that's the kind of attitude it takes. And of course, in ministry, you kind of, that's it built in or it should be, which is, mm-hmm. I don't really care so much what people think. I care what God thinks. I care mm-hmm. about doing what is right. Uh, and I want to persuade people that this is the right way, not figure out where people are and say, oh, well, I'll go along with them because mm-hmm. that'll make them like me. So, yeah. And, yeah, folks, mindset. and folks, speaking of persuading people, okay, E.W., I remember, I still remember, man, the first time I heard you give a speech, I think I was, uh, I was working on, um, I was communications director either for Winsome Sears or Chuck Smith, one of the two, and I went out to New Kent County, 
and you were and you were speaking. I had never heard of you, and I'm like, man, you had you lit the place up, yeah, folks. E.W., is there a place where you you have an archive of some of your speeches? People oh, yeah. have to, people, yes. you have to hear, the, talk about persuasive. Well, well, Brother Craig, people can go on my website, ewjackson.com. They can go on my Facebook page, that's ewjacksonsr. Or they can go to my YouTube channel, same thing, ewjackson. And yes, there's an archive of, of, of speeches and sermons and uh, things that I've had to say. But look, I, I think the bottom line is uh, what, what I say, I think it touches people because it comes from my heart. I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a packaged, you know, sort of uh, um, if, uh, Wall Street, uh, not Wall Street, but, uh, you know, the advertising mm-hmm. moguls have not packaged me and figured out, put the words in my mouth. They, they just come from who I am. And I think when words from the heart, I just believe touch the heart. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about math, okay? There is a uh, <clears throat> the Democrats seem to have a lock on this state electorally, but as in the, in the hearts of people, this is still a seventy percent center right nation, a seventy two percent center right state, seventy two percent Christian state, okay? But the Republicans who would naturally benefit from that if Republicans knew how to call all of the efficiently call all of our potential voters. We obviously do not know how to do that because the top five uh, elected uh, positions across this Commonwealth, you know, for several cycles, they've been they've been all Democrats in spite of us having great candidates and, uh, and, and a great message. So mathematically, how do you get people who, to give you a prime example, E.W., the last two uh, amendments, the uh, property rights amendment and the marriage amendment, the marriage amendment passed with 58%, property rights 75%, which means all of the Republicans voted yes and 50% of the Democrats voted yes. And I maintain that Trump, he, although he didn't win Virginia, but in a lot of other states, a lot of those Democrats who have calluses on their hands and work boots on their feet, who do not benefit from the uh, being a member of the swamp or having a government job, they don't benefit from that. They're just honest, hardworking people. But, but they've been convinced that the Democrats are their best ticket for success. Math, math there's, a, there's a difference here in the math. How do you equalize that and, and, and call some of those votes that we are obviously giving away. Well, Craig, you could take a glass of water and pour half sugar in it, but if you don't stir it, uh, that, that the water at the top of that glass will be unsweetened. And I think what it is is that underneath the surface, we are a red state, and I believe we're deep red. Mm-hmm. But if you don't stir that base, then what you get from the surface is this very blue tint. Mm-hmm. And I just believe we have not, Republicans have not been fielding candidates that excite and stir up. You mentioned Christians. Mm-hmm. Christians all across this commonwealth share our values. Yeah. But they look at the candidates sometimes, they are, well, you know, yeah. Maybe I'm yeah. Now, how, how are you looking on time, E.W.? 
I, I'm fine. You're I'm fine? fine? Okay, great, yeah. because we have a hard break for the news coming up. And so, and folks, if you're just joining us, we have E.W. Jackson, candidate for U.S. Senate, and we will continue our conversation with him on the other side of the break. With a Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, as we uh, come back with a little bit of Ray Charles here as we observe uh, another Memorial Day weekend. And if you're just joining us, we have with us a fantastic guest, uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson, a member of the proud United States Marine Corps and currently a Republican candidate for Senate and the right to represent uh, the Republican Party uh, going up against the incumbent uh, Tim Kaine. And E.W., thank you so much uh, for staying over with us. And, uh, and thank you for all that you've done over the years. Your, your, uh, your organization, Stand, uh, you know, before we get into, uh, I really appreciate you talking about uh, Christians because that's a big part of my radio program. Uh, but make the connection with your organization stand and your outreach to Christians, and then maybe we can talk about your outreach to um, minority communities. Well, well, first of all, Brother Craig, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on with you. And you talk about persuasion. Believe me, I've heard more than once how persuasive Craig Johnson is as well. um, Thank you. It's it's an honor to be on with you. Uh, Yes, stand, stand true to America's national destiny was formed eight years ago, uh, really nine years ago, as a matter of fact, as a, as a way of trying to bring Christians together across racial and cultural lines to preserve our Judeo-Christian history and values. And, and of course, people can find out more about that by going to standamerica.us. Um, but that's, that's been a, a labor of love because, as you know, I love my country. And I really believe that to the extent that we lose touch with our Judeo-Christian roots and values, we really run the risk of losing our constitutional republic. So yes. uh, that's what we're, we're working on, a variety of issues related to that. Yeah, it's a battle. Including inner city problems. Yeah, yeah. And Reagan said every generation has to fight for it, man. It's not, uh, it's not guaranteed. And we have folks that are just coasting. You have other people bear, bearing the burden, and a lot of folks are just coasting. Yeah, that is absolutely true, and we can't afford to do it. And you mentioned Christians, and I did, particularly Christians. And to me, it's a, in fact, I said in one video, to me, it's a sin to be given the gift of living in a free nation where you get to help choose your governmental leadership mm-hmm. and you abdicate that responsibility. To me, yes. that's a sin against God and against the great gift of freedom that we've been given in this country. Yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Yeah, so now how has your um, outreach, you know, it, it, it's strange that 
I've been telling the Republican Party for, lit- and I'm not exaggerating, for decades, okay? And I've been doing it for, for one decade on radio, but I was doing it before then. And, you know, folks say, well, you know, this guy just doesn't shut up. We, we need to put him on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for decades, I've been, I've been telling Republicans that we have a great story to tell. I mean, the party of not only just Abraham Lincoln, but, um, I mean— you go down the list, Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, um, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Sr., and, and for a good while, Dr. King Jr., uh, but he became an independent, you know, later on. And okay. uh, But 90% of uh, African Americans vote Democrat, okay, the party of Jim Crow, the party of slavery, the party, and even a rapper, I forget the guy, Kanye, yeah, even a rapper has figured out that this is a modern-day mental plantation, okay? So 90% dem, uh, blacks are voting for the plantation. And and it's, it's even worse, frankly, for Christians, because Christians are going out voting for the party that is avidly pro-abortion, avidly pro-Margaret Sanger, who was both not only uh, 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 just an immoral person in terms of denigrating the lives of unborn children, but she was mm-hmm. a racist. Yeah. A, I mean, a, a rabid racist. Yeah. And yet Folks were called her. human weeds. Yeah. I mean, they. they she, she thought black people weren't worthy of living, weren't worthy of being born. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the whole redefinition of the family, the, the dismissal oh, of yes. God. I mean, yes. and they vote for people who are against everything they say they're for in their churches on Sunday morning. And I really believe that's about to change because I think there is an awakening that is happening. It's slow, but I'm going to help accelerate it if I can through my candidacy, if I'm blessed to get the nomination, because it, yes. it's really got to change. It it. Got to. It really does, E.W. Now, I find it's easier to go over top the heads of the NAACP and the, and, and Reverend Chickenfoot. Um, although, <laughs> you know, quite often I hear my Republican mm-hmm. friends, they say, well, I'm going to go down now. We're going to have us a meeting with the NAACP. <laughs> and and, the, and the, the leadership of any group is naturally against change. So, and they just don't get it. They want to engage leadership. And I see you as a guy that can over, overcome leadership and do what Ronald Reagan did speak directly to the people and go over the media. And the same thing that Donald Trump, he's successful because why? He goes over top of the media gatekeepers. So share with the audience how you've been able to do that and and what your candidacy, the success of your candidacy would mean uh, for breaking down that barrier that a lot of people scratch their heads and still can't Mm -hmm. figure it out. Well, you know, Brother Craig, first of all, uh, one of the things I've learned is, while you're right, most NAACP leaders wouldn't want to have anything to do with me or you or any of us who are trying to rethink how we solve the problems of the black community. But there are some, there are exceptions. And I was endorsed, for example, by an NAACP leader in my last election, my last run. Oh, and I've okay. got uh, I've got a, I've got another one who's prepared to endorse me even now in the primary. And so oh, great! Those leaders who are open, I'm going to, to I want to let them know I'm open to them. Mm-hmm. But you're right; you got to go through gospel radio. You got to go through uh, black 
uh, radio stations. You've got to reach the rank and file because they're the people who are not getting the benefits of having this ungodly coalition uh, with these ungodly leftists and Democrats. And those are people who are open. They want cho- they want parental choice for their children, mm-hmm. but their but their leaders tell them no, you can't have that. We're going to keep your children stuck in these failing schools. Yes. I mean, they want more jobs coming into the community, but their leaders tell them, well, they're not going to let that happen. So we're just going to increase the welfare dependence and and just be glad about that. I mean, they want to keep people dependent because that way they keep them under control and they use them to stay in power. And uh, I, you know, I've said to people. If they'll forgive the biblical reference, we need to go down into the Egypt of these inner cities and tell the Pharaoh of these Democrat leaders let to my let our people, people go. go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let yeah. my people go. Amen. Yeah. So now, uh, just one last shot. Let's see. Just if you had to give like a, a two minute speech to, say, some 12th graders who don't really understand Republican Democrat. And they're going to vote in their very first election coming up in in two minutes. Let's say in three minutes. What would you say to them? Not to speaking to me, people who already get get who already understand. Right. I would tell them you've been lied to. You've been given a polemic against your country and you've been given a polemic against the party. And the purpose of it is not to educate you. It is to keep you in bondage to certain ideas. The fact of the matter is that the Republican Party represents the values that built this country, values of personal responsibility, hard work, entrepreneurship, allowing the individual to fulfill his or her God-given potential. And that's what we want for you. The Democrat Party has unfortunately come to represent collectivism, pseudo-socialism, and Marxism. And those have been responsible for nothing but genocide and starvation and mass human suffering across the globe, everywhere it's been tried. And we want you to fulfill everything God intended you to be. And the Republican Party represents the values that make that possible. Yeah, very, very well said. Now, one final question, E.W., and it's this. It's in regards to how you will prosecute. If you are our nominee, how would you prosecute our case against Tim Kaine, the Democrats, and all, you know, he's going to have everything. They're going to throw everything and the kitchen sink. And, you know, no matter who we nominate, the uh, the grand old Republican Party, they're, they're going to write it off and they're not going to fund us uh, properly. So we're going to have to figure it out. So would you go after Tim Kaine and the Democrats and all their cohorts very aggressively, you know, in onion toter fashion, or would you have a more measured, you know, what the what the standard uh, the standard operational method of the Republican Party is to go hard in the primary and then moderate in the general election as a way to appeal to the uh, Democrat or in the in the middle of the road voter. But Trump didn't do that. Trump didn't call Hillary Clinton my friend across the aisle. He said lock her up. He called her crooked Hillary. So are you going to do it the Trump way or the uh, grand old Republican way and moderate and, and you know, what, what's, your, what's your strategy? Oh, it's definitely the Trump way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was a leading question, but... <laughs> but, but, but look... Brother Ex- Ray, but expand you, on that. You know, how would you look, make that strategy your own? 
you know, aggressively. Tim Kaine deserves that because he's done absolutely nothing. I hit him on two points, uh, among other things. Number one, he has been an obstructionist for everything the president does, and I want to know, what is it you don't like of it? You don't like the low unemployment rate? You don't like the lowest unemployment yet uh, in the history of keeping records in the black community? Uh, do you not like the fact that the economy is growing at 3.3%? Do you not like the fact that people are getting bonuses? I mean, do you want open borders? Do you want people coming in, taking jobs from our people? I mean, so who are you for? Maybe you want to be senator for some other country or something, yeah. but not for America. And the other thing I'd hit him on is this. 30 years in public life, what has he done for the people whose votes he depends upon to get reelected? Namely, the black community, the inner cities of this country— Nothing. He has presided over the deterioration of those communities. There's more poverty. There's more gangs. There's more violence. There's more family disruption and deterioration and dysfunction. And he has no plan whatsoever other than going there and say, hey, those other guys are racist. Vote for me. I won't do anything for you, mind you. But at least you know that I'm not a racist. Well, as far as I'm concerned, he is a racist with the low uh, 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 expectations of bigotry that, you know, mm-hmm. these people are not worth anything. They can't do anything. And, and, uh, I, this is the attitude that the slave masters had, brother yes. Greg, which was yes. that they can't do anything without me. And I know they're in a terrible situation, but, but living under my rule is the really best mm. life available to them. I mean, it's disgusting. And I'm going to hold him accountable for it. Amen. Well, much success to you. And uh, I really, again, thank you so much. And also, sir, thank you for your service in the United States Marine Corps. Thank you, Brother Craig. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. I've enjoyed it. uh, And I look forward to working with you. Okay. God bless you now. Bye. God bless you. Oh. Well, all right, folks, that was a good interview there. And, uh, you know, we, we love now we've we've had all three candidates and maybe we can have all three of them again before the uh, primary coming up, which is coming up real soon. Anyway, we're going to take a really, really quick break and then we're going to open up the phone lines. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. 
Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, we're going to open the phone lines up. Uh, we I have another guest at the top of the next hour. So we have about 10 minutes here now. And again, the number is 804 804-454-1366. Six six, and uh, now I want to share uh, with you. And I, I had mentioned it in my opening uh, that I was going to uh, echo the words of Zell Miller, and uh, and I kind of got off on a little teeny bit of a rant, and I did not do that. And so, rather than just echo them from uh, my memory, which I still remember the speech he gave uh, when when he who uh, was a lifetime Democrat endorsed uh, George Bush. Uh, for re-election against John Kerry. And uh, so I pulled this speech up, and, and so rather than just try to echo it from memory, I'm going to actually read a little bit of it here. And uh, and this man, he was, a, he was a Marine. Again, no such thing as an ex-Marine. He was a former Marine. And he was, uh, in his speech, he was sharing that um, America was a liberating force in the world, not an occupying force. And this quite often is the lie, one of the many, many lies that the, the coalition of evil hurls at us, okay, that we are, we are occupying and that we're somehow, we are the problem in the world. And this is a Democrat uh, issue. And so, you know, and I was saying earlier, how could these Democrats, how could these people go to a place like West Point where the code of honor says a cadet will not lie, steal or cheat nor tolerate those who do and then turn around and become a Democrat? And that 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 makes no sense. So that by being a Democrat uh, and I'm not talking about you, Ma and Pa Democrat. I'm talking about the leadership of your party, which has the, these people have deceived you. And my my goal, my job is to break down that deception, make it plain and so plain and clear that even a fool would not make a mistake. And so uh, and this is a little bit of uh, of his speech here. Uh, it says, and nothing makes this Marine matter than someone calling American troops occupiers rather than liberators. Tell that to one half of Europe that was freed because Franklin Roosevelt led an army of liberators, not occupiers. Tell that to the lower half of the Korean Peninsula that is free because Dwight Eisenhower commanded an army of liberators, not occupiers. Tell that to a half billion men, women, and children who are free today from the Baltics to the Crimea, from Poland to Siberia, because Ronald Reagan rebuilt a military of liberators, not occupiers. Never in the history of the world 
has any soldier sacrificed more for the freedom and liberty of total strangers than the American soldier? And our soldiers don't just give freedom abroad. They preserve it for us here at home. For it has been said so truthfully that it is the soldier, not the reporter, who has given us the freedom of the press. It is the soldier, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. It is the soldier, not the agitator, who has given us the freedom to protest. It is the soldier who salutes the flag, serves beneath the flag, whose coffin is draped by the flag, who gives that protest to the freedom to abuse and burn that flag. And that's all I'm going to read from that speech, folks. But this is why we observe Memorial Day. We don't celebrate. We observe and we give honor. And I hope many of you will attend some of the many, many Memorial Day observances around the Commonwealth. The one that I typically attend is at the Virginia War Memorial, and I will be there again this Memorial Day. And again, if you'd like to call in in our last five minutes of the first hour, 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. And we're looking very much forward uh, on, on our next, in our next hour, we're going to have uh, Carol Avriette. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Avrier, Avriette, uh, but she's a six-time author. And let's see, where's her book here? Coffin Corner Boys. And I really hope you stick around. I know we tend to lose folks at the news break because it's a five-minute news break, <laughs> okay? So, but I hope some of you stick around for this uh, this interview with this wonderful book that she's written. And um, the Coffin Corner was called that in World War II because of the high mortality rate uh, of of the young men. And, and they were young. These, these are guys in their 20s. And like I said today, um, you know, folks don't even want to get out of their parents' basements, some of them. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, paint with a broad brush, you know, my millennial generation because there are many, many, many very fine millennials, particularly those that are in the, in the military. And uh, we're going to welcome to the program Mary from Williamsburg. We do have other lines open, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Mary, thank you so much for calling. What's on your mind today? Hi, Brother Craig. Hi. Well, I'm commenting about your interview with E.W. Jackson. Yes. I wanted to... I wanted to say that I'm disappointed because he didn't say anything. Um, the fact that he is wants a temporary position and not a career, that's irrelevant. I, w- I would have liked him to like list the top five issues and what he's done about it because you don't even have to be in office to affect change. Well, let me, let me say this, Mary, okay, in defense of EW. I had pulled up on my computer EW's, um, 
website with all his positions. But see, for me, I find that boring because, and I don't want to, if it bores me, it would bore the audience. I don't want to go through a, a policy point, point by point by point. You know, now if I had, if I was a five day a week, I used to be five days a week and I had more time. I have two hours a week. So I try to get beneath the issue, the, uh, the, the, the policy points because all three of the candidates, they have the same, you know, everybody says they're going to be the, uh, the education champion. Everyone says we're going to protect the Second Amendment. Everyone says we're going to have lower taxes. Everyone says we're going to uh, push for more funding for the military. And so for me to have him go through his policy points, his policy points would be no different or there would be very, very little substantive difference between his positions, Corey Stewart's positions, and Nick Freitas's positions. My thing is who is the communicator who can... Breakthrough, you know, Virginia has a problem with being a center-right state as far as the people, but we're a left-wing state as far as those whom we elect. And we need a communicator who can break through. And so I'm trying to get at the heart of the man. The same way when I had Corey Stewart on, uh, and I've had Corey on probably more than anyone, um, and, I, you know, and Corey and I, we go back many, many years, like I do with EW, we go back many, many years. And when I have Corey on, I don't, we don't get into a policy, uh, you know, because I, you know, folks like you and I, Mary, we already get it. We already understand the policy point. So I'm trying to introduce the candidate perhaps to people that are not familiar with him. And I'm trying to get a sense of the heart of the man. And, you know, and, and as I've said, I, all three of them are fine candidates and, you know, and I, I like all three of them. But now we have one minute to the top of the hour break, so go ahead. Well, it's not where he stands on policies. My question is, what have you done? He's had a he's had a platform all these years. I mean, is he marching in front of the abortion clinics? Is he marching for school choice? Is he doing rallies to show people that school choice is what we need? He hasn't done anything. Well, I would, uh, Mary, I, I would, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree because he has an uh, operation stand. He gives speeches, um, you know, and I mean, I know you, you like Corey. I like Corey. I like EW. I like Nick. And I just, I have to give each one of them the opportunity uh, to come and, and, uh, and share with the audience. But listen, Mary, we got to move uh Please stay tuned and uh, give a listen to the uh, author of Coffin Corner Boys. God bless you, Mary. Welcome back to the program, America. 
Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And of course, uh, it is the uh, weekend when we observe Memorial Day, and uh, these are the true big dogs. And uh, so I have to kind of uh, step it down a little bit and uh, and, and lift them up. And uh, as promised, folks, uh, we have a really, really special uh, guest coming up uh, this hour, uh, Carol Engel Averyett. Um, she has written a fantastic book along with Captain George Starks. Now, the title of the book, as I've told you, is Coffin Corner Boys, One Bomber, Ten Men, and Their Harrowing Escape from Nazi-Occupied France. Now, Carol Averyett, she grew up in a family steeped in military history, and she's written six books, okay, under the cover of Light, Threads from Heaven, uh, this one, Coffin Corner Boys, The House, uh, Cherished by the King, and and a couple of Bible study guides, okay? And um, Captain George Starks, who's, this is sort of his memoir, uh, he received his wings in 1943 at the age of 19, okay? We were talking about this earlier, the stark difference between 19 and 20-year-olds then and 30-year-olds today, but anyway, he was shot down uh, over France uh, in March of 1944 while piloting a, uh, a B-17 on a bombing mission. And uh, after his escape through uh, Nazi-occupied countryside, he returned home, married his high school sweetheart, okay, and uh, Betty Jo, who sadly passed away in 2013, and... Um, he also participated in the Korean War and has returned to France five times. And if you got to get this book, folks, because there are many, many civilians that helped him out. And he, this, this man has returned to search out the people that helped him. And so God bless him. And, and Ms. Avery, thank you so much, uh, not only for you know, all your books you've written, your Bible study guides, and uh, but writing this this book in particular. Thank you, and for, for joining us and sharing all of this with my audience. Well, thank you for having me today, Brother Craig. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yes, yes. So, you know, how this, um, this, this is fascinating, and, uh, and you, um, you, have, you come from a, a family of, of soldiers. And, I do. Yeah, yeah. So now tell us a little bit about, you know, before we get started, maybe some of the stories of uh, some of uh, your family and uh, and maybe how that ties you to uh, Captain Stark. All right. Um, well, my, my father was career Navy all the way through, uh, of course, World War before and, and during and after World War II. I had a stepdad who joined the Army Air Corps in World War II the day after he graduated from law school. And he served in Africa and then uh, fought up the boot of Italy with General Mark Clark. I had a, I guess probably the most, if you want to say, quote-unquote, famous one. I had an uncle who was the primary line chief for General Claire Lee Chenault of Mm -hmm. the Flying Tigers in China. Oh, Okay. um, Yes, and so um, I think I've got just about, well, I I know I do. I have every branch of the military represented. Uh, I'm not related to anyone in the Coast Guard, but you never Mm, know. Yeah. (laughs) Some of those cousins out there, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But um, it was, um, 
military history has always been interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And one of my undergraduate degrees in college was history, and I I specialized in military history. So oh, these, great. Yeah, these stories um, of the men and women who just put their lives on the line for us mm-hmm. so that you and I can be talking today on the telephone. Yes, like yes, yes. And, um, so I found out about this. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. If you or you think your listeners would enjoy hearing how I found oh. out about this story, yes, please share. My my husband uh, was on a, a fishing trip with his best fishing buddy, who had just heard George Starks uh, present his story at a professional business meeting. Mm-hmm. And so my husband came home. He said. Um, he, he knew I was casting around looking for my next book project, and he said, "I tell you," he said, "I, you, I think, honey, I think you need to call this fella <laughs> and talk to him." He said, uh, "My fishing buddy says it. He's got an incredible story." Well, this is one of those fishing tales that turned out to be really a good one, really true, mm-hmm. <laughs> not an exaggeration. So I met with George and, and had only visited with him about five minutes, and this was over three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was the, a story that I wanted to research and record. And I'm telling you, it has been my privilege um, and pleasure to to do this book. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I, I hope a lot of folks buy this book, uh, folks. You you got to buy it, and uh, as a matter of fact, after this interview, we're going to post it up, and we're going to make it real easy. You can go to the website and click, and, uh, and at the end of the interview, you tell them where you have the book um, it, uh, so that folks can can buy this right. book, you All know, right. this um, because as I've been saying it throughout the program uh, today, ma'am, that... Uh, you know, we don't really celebrate Memorial Day. We observe Memorial Day, yes, you know, exactly. and uh, we, we have so much to be thankful for for these people. And, uh, and our World War II era veterans, they're leaving at a very, very oh, rapid, rapid, rapid pace. pace. Yeah. George, How old is uh, Mr. Starks now? George is 94, will be 95 in just a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, our prayers go out to him. He fell and broke his leg about three weeks ago. Oh, and um, so we are hoping that he's, but he's got a lot of spunk and, and uh, grit and determination in mm-hmm. him, and he's uh, is so enjoying um, that other people are enjoying these stories. But all the other nine are no longer living. The oh. other group. Wow. So this Memorial Day weekend, George, of course, thinks about those nine men that he served under. And, mm-hmm. Uh, he told me just this past weekend, he said, you know, he said they called me um, Captain, you know, in other words, Captain, but it was always shortened to Captain, <laughs> you know, Captain. And he said uh, that was his, the biggest thrill of his life was to to lead those men. Mm-hmm. And, of course, after the war, he he was determined after they were shot down to never lose track with them again. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. He He kept up with his crew. He had crew reunions, and then, of course, he went back to France, as you mentioned uh, earlier in the mm-hmm. beginning of this segment, and found all those people that had helped him um, to escape. And, you know, um, he, George is that way. He just keeps in touch with people mm-hmm. that have meant something in his life. And I, to me, that is such an admirable mm-hmm. um, thing to it do. Is. You know, 
And that's his generation, you know. uh, There are, you know, you have some generations that are, you know, maybe more selfish. I don't want to paint generations with a broad brush. But then you have some generations that are more giving. Um, You know, it's just, I, I think it's just the times in which you're born and how you're made and, you know, the GI generation were brought up uh, a lot of, in poverty. The nation was going through some pretty, pretty right. rough times. Right. And, and so they have a more humble attitude where some other generations were brought up in the affluence that, check this out, that their generation created for them. They didn't create it for themselves. Their right. parents and grandparents created all that wealth, opportunity, safety, <laughs> You know, and so folks just take it for granted. Yeah, I think you are absolutely correct on that. These young men, um, of course, most of them, um, well, all of them were from different backgrounds, different families, different mm-hmm. religions. Um, and and yet George says they were all, but they were all patriots. Mm-hmm. And they all felt a sense of duty and responsibility. To, to go and to and to to do this thing and th- think of the think of the responsibility they shouldered at 19 yes you know flying this flying this bomber with you know with the bombs and and being shot at from the ground up you know they're taking flak from the ground and they're mm-hmm. and uh, having uh, fighter fighters you know shoot shoot at them in the air and it was an incredibly pressure packed mm-hmm. time. Yeah, and he was twenty years old. I mean, he has, he has to go on a three a three hundred mile trek to yeah. Switzerland, and you said he just broke his leg. Well, back then he had a broken foot. He did. He had yeah. a broken foot, and uh, he had shrapnel in his thigh. And uh, of course, his he was his adrenaline was pumping so when they were shot down, um, you know, that he didn't even realize how badly he was hurt for mm-hmm. you know about twenty four hours after he was shot down. But yeah, just think of that, you know. And of course, you don't know who you can trust or who you mm-hmm. might would turn you in. Um, but he was so fortunate to meet so many just average, and these were just average men, women, and children mm-hmm. who helped him. And I'm telling you, they laid their lives on the line as yeah. well because if they'd been caught, um, it would have been, it, it would have gone very badly for them. Yeah. Either they would have been shot themselves or sent off to um, a concentration camp. Yeah, and yeah, that's another thing that uh, you know I was reading earlier. Ernie Powell, his 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 saying that he wrote that's so famous that war makes strange giant creatures out of the ordinary men that inhabit the earth, well, that's true of the soldiers. But then, as you say, the uh, civilians that helped them, the same would have been true for them because they had to live there. And while their country was under occupation, they would have been assassinated uh, or executed just for helping these men. Oh, no question. And like you say, you know, uh, they did run into people that were members of, like, the French underground and the French resistance. Mm-hmm. But, but by and f- by, um, b- by far, the number of just ordinary, and I, I use that word mm-hmm. in, in the best possible sense, right. just ordinary men, women, and children mm-hmm. who just... Yeah, who, people who, who didn't who, have military training. Exactly, who love their country 
and and just wanted to help the allies um help our soldiers uh, escape the oppression that they were under mm-hmm. it, it, it's really quite a remarkable thing when you think about it yeah yeah and you know one thing about when there's an active shooting war you know who the good guy and the bad guys are <laughs> yes <laughs> and whereas now the war is more an information war it's a spiritual war and a lot of people don't know who the enemy is and so there's a lot of confusion you well, know? you're right. You're right about that. I think that these, I think that these young men that fought for us in World War II had such a clarity of vision, mm-hmm. and, and they were all. And, and and here's the thing: they were all on the same page. Yes. Yes. Everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I can remember my mother. Um, of course, she's has been um, passed away for years now, but I can remember her telling me, as a young woman. Uh, she would go to work during the day. She worked at a dress shop. And at night, she would go home during World War II and roll bandages. They would all meet at the Red Cross Center, mm-hmm. and they would roll bandages. Mm-hmm. And she felt like that was, she was doing something, you know, mm-hmm. for our our men and women who were fighting. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's the... That that's a different mindset. Uh, that is a yeah. that is everybody like I say on the same mm-hmm. page. And today, people won't even simply just speak the truth. They speak in these um, use pastel words of just yes. you know don't want to offend anyone. And you know, no one's asking you to do the things that were done to to. You know, to to preserve freedom when there was a shooting war, but there's so much we could do. You know, little things. I mean, yeah. that yeah. you know, people are just so into self. Um, it's it, it's it's amazing. And folks, listen, folks, if you're just joining us, we have Carol Engel. Avery, at, uh, and she's an author, uh, and she's written a fantastic book that I highly recommend to you called Coffin Corner Boys. And uh, she's written this uh, with Captain Stark, uh, who actually, you know, lived through this. And it's a fascinating tale. And I really, really highly encourage you uh, here on this Memorial Day weekend. This is something you can do. You can go online and you can just order the book. It'll you'll have it in a couple of days. And um, I highly encourage you to read this and uh, and just soak up uh, some of what the sacrifices have been made uh, in order for us to be able to have our uh, cookouts and parades and, and things that we, and maybe, you know, I feel bad when I say that because I don't want to, you know, I never want to insult people unnecessarily, but, um, you know, Memorial Day is a pretty big deal, I think. Oh, absolutely. It is, it is a time for remembering. Yes. Taking a moment and remembering, um, you know, the sacrifices that our military across the board have made and are still making for us today, really. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, you know, I I have a sister that's in Africa right now. Yeah. And uh, now let's talk a little bit about uh, one of the bombardiers was Jewish and uh, Irv Baum. Yes. And uh, now he had uh, a a different uh, thing that he had to deal with because— you know, if 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 he had been caught, then the the the, the Germans, the Nazis, um, share a little bit of that. All right. Well, he, of course, um, when he bailed out, he was one of the unfortunate ones that was captured almost immediately. The the gendarme 
captured him and the uh, also the um, Ted Batter, who was the navigator. Mm-hmm. And th- these particular gendarmes, even though they were French, they betrayed them to the Germans for money. Mm-hmm. And so the Germans, see, were paying quite a lot of money if you turned in a soldier. And um, so, so they were captured by the, the German soldiers very quickly. And immediately, the German soldier recognized that Irv's name was, in fact, Jewish. And um, it, um, it went badly for him um, from that point on. He, he ran into quite a few that really applied extra pressure on him because of his um, Jewish background. But, you know, it's so interesting. One of the stories, and I won't give it away, Mm -hmm. but when Irv was being checked into the POW camp, a young German soldier did something that really protected Irv um, when he was checked in. And Irv said that it made such an impression on him that he would never forget it as long as he lived. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this... You know, we we always think sometimes that, that the other who we're fighting or whatever are, are always, you know, mm-hmm. completely there's the always guy. the exception. Exactly. This was a young German soldier that had a moment of compassion, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's a very interesting. Uh, it's very interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. Now, tell the folks. Um, where they can get this book. And, and folks, I highly encourage you to get this book. If you don't do anything else, I know many of us are going to have, um, you know, our celebrations and, and hopefully many of us will uh, actually attend an event. I'll be at the Virginia War Memorial uh, on, oh, wow. on, on Monday. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I hope you and the listening audience would do something, but this is another something you can do. Uh, so tell them how they can get this book. All right. Well, they can order it obviously from um, your your um, your radio your radio your website, but they can also get it from Amazon off Amazon dot com. They can get it from Barnes and Noble. Um, it's also on I think Books a Million. Mm-hmm. So um, there are several places that they can get it. Coffin Corner Boys. Oh, okay. And, so yeah, so you can just walk right into um, several of uh, your major bookstores and just pick yes. a copy up. Yes. No. Oh, okay. Do Do we have time for me to tell you just right quickly how we got the title? Coffee yes. Boys? Please right. do. This when the bombers flew in formation, they had they flew in what was called a bomber box formation, and in the low squadron, low group, the number six position was the outside corner, and because it was outside, it was the a least protected position within that formation. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it got to where so many of our B-17s were shot down from that position, the crews began calling it the Coffin Corner. Okay. And so when I first started interviewing George, he kept talking about the position that they drew on that morning was the Coffin Corner, and so I had him explain it to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, George... You boys were just the coffin corner boys, weren't you? And he said yes. <laughs> and so that name that, that name stuck, and that's uh, how we got the title. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's great. Now, one last question. You sure. know, uh, he he referred to. Now, he didn't refer to. You know, folks would think that okay, he's the brave one, but there's someone else he referred to as the bravest man that he has ever known. Yes, gutsiest and bravest. Yes, his name was Maurice Bavarel. 
and he turned out to be with the French resistance, but he was also working with British intelligence. He was feeding information both to British and American intelligence about D-Day placements of the German troops. He had already been captured and escaped mm-hmm. twice, been tortured by the Germans, and he was just adamant. His whole mission in life was to try to help our guys escape mm-hmm. and people in France that uh, needed to, to get out of the country to escape. And George said he just did the most amazing things, and we have those stories in the book. Yeah, well, God bless him, and uh, and God bless all of our soldiers who do those types of things. They do Absolutely. things, we ask them to do so Absolutely. much. And, um, and and look, and God bless you, too. You you serve a very, very valuable purpose uh, to be able to share these stories with us uh, you know, it I think, is my privilege. Yeah. It is my privilege and uh, pleasure to do it. Yeah, yeah. So God bless you, and uh, thank you. And uh, and look, the next time you write another book, you got to come and visit <laughs> with the Hatchet Man again. Well, God bless you, too, uh, Brother Craig. I appreciate it so much. It's so good to talk to you this morning. God bless. Yeah, okay. Thank you now. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye now. All right. Well, all right, folks, we're a little bit long on taking our break. We're going to take that break real quick, and we will be right back. A man... And his microphone, Brother Craig. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today, cause there ain't no Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the FirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. My eyes have seen the glory Yeah. 
country love. saying about tonight is this America sweet America Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And um, we want to thank you all for being out there. And uh, we we also want to thank our two fantastic guests that we have been blessed with today. Uh, Hope you really uh, go out and get that book. Uh, We'll have it up on our website soon. And uh, you could just go to our website and and click on the uh, picture of the book. It'll take you right into Amazon, and you can have that book in uh, two or three days. And um, uh, we're still observing. Uh, we, the, we, we have, what, about 25 minutes left in the program. It is a special Memorial Day program. I would love to entertain uh, more phone calls. The number here, 804-454-1366. And, uh, and you who are viewing us on Facebook, uh, you have the number right there uh, written out on Facebook. And again, that number is 804-454-1366. And uh, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear uh, if you have a story you'd like to share uh, about uh, one of your elders who has served and uh, you know, I heard um, I heard a story. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago. Uh, a lady who uh, her her husband was a uh, military veteran, and he's pa- he is he passed on a couple of years ago. But he was sick in the last few years of his life, and she cared for him. And uh, there were some times when they would have trouble getting access to the uh, Veterans Administration Hospital, and she related the story of how her husband was uh, not as excited about it as she was. Okay, and this this is so typical of people of this of this generation, uh, you know. And he would explain to his wife. He would say, "Honey, the VA has to deal with." Soldiers, younger men, men who have uh, war wounds, and me—they've already told me that I'm terminal. And so they have to prioritize. And so we'll just wait our turn. But, the, you know, they'll get around to me. Don't you worry, sweetheart. And, you know, and, 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 it, and it reminded me of uh, Audie Murphy, who was a fa- very, very famous uh, World War II hero. And he was so, em- Audie Murphy was so embarrassed by all the attention that he got um, you know, he was made into a uh, a Hollywood icon, and uh, and it and it really bothered him that he got so much attention and and others did not. And you know, when we were when we were listening to our author, 
share about uh, Captain Stark and his desire to go back and find all the people that helped him, his desire to stay in touch with all the soldiers, his willingness to give credit to someone else other than himself as being the bravest man he'd ever known. This is just so typical of that generation. And so, and if you have some stories like that that you would like to share uh, about some of your elders, we would really just love to hear that. And again, the number here is 804-454-1366, And well, what we're going to do now, we're going to play a little clip of uh, Rinaldus Magnus, and then we're going to go into our final break uh, and I want you to live, when we go into the break now, I really need you to listen to the giving ad because uh, if you enjoy what we bring you here on The Really Real Deal, um, you know, freedom isn't free as we uh, observe on Memorial Day with all of the, the sacrifices uh, that so many have made uh, for us to uh, be able to enjoy the life that we enjoy uh, you know, and I can't say similarly because it's so small by comparison, but still it is a cost. And uh, and so, and I hope you all uh, listen and that uh, perhaps uh, the Lord would move your heart to uh, perhaps go to our website at thereallyrealdeal.com, thereallyrealdeal.com. On every page of that website, we have a great big red uh, donate button. Okay, and uh, and donations have been a little dry lately, and so I have to kind of push it a little bit here. And so uh, I just ask you, if you enjoy what we do, uh, help make it possible for us to continue to um, stand behind this microphone and deliver to you what what I pray is a most excellent program. Uh, so now we're going to listen to a little bit of Rinaldus. Magnus. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Thank you. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the First Amendment Inc.com, which keeps us on the air. But the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal, our final 15 minutes of today's program. And again, the number, if you would like to participate, 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. And um, wow, few in these last few minutes of the program, I've got, uh, wow, my computer is full of stuff here. Uh, I have a Cal Thomas uh, article about uh, Trump um, support get it supporters being exhausted. Uh, we have a little bit about the latest um, school shooting. Uh, fortunately, this time it was uh, there were no fatalities, but this time it was a middle school. Okay, up in Indiana, uh, we have uh, several articles about uh, school boards that are voting to arm teachers. Okay. Uh, now, unfortunately, uh, one of the one that voted no uh, was down in Florida, where there was an actual uh, a shooting. Okay, but in Wyoming, and um, yeah, it was Parkland that voted uh, no. Okay, but in in Wyoming, they voted yes. In uh, Lawrence County, Georgia, uh, they voted yes. And uh, where was the other one? Um, I don't see the other one, but there there were three recently that have voted to uh, to arm teachers. Okay, and so the argument that is made that uh, well we don't want our children to live uh, to 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 feel like they're in a uh, prison, it's just it's it's patently ridiculous, folks. And this may sound ugly. It may sound like hyperbole. It 
It's not, okay? Many of you who are longtime listeners, you know that I am an incisive analyst, okay? I just, I analyze, I, I find the truth, and I latch on to the truth like a pit bull, on, on, you know, on a hamburger, okay? So, many people like to say, well, both sides of the aisle want the same thing. I disagree. I do not think that people who are in the leadership of the Democrat Party, people who are in leadership in media and academia, I do not think, by and large, the majority of them want the same thing that you and I want, that uh, red, white, and blue America wants. Okay, I think red, white, and blue America wants the government to uh, do those things that are necessary and otherwise leave us alone, which is that that was the vision of the founders, okay? That government that serves least serves best, okay? And then, you know, the uh, in the Constitution, there are the, uh, the 18 enumerated powers. 18 now, not 18,000, okay? 18 powers that are enumerated, that the federal government, which was a creation of the the, the several state governments, it, you know, the federal government did not create the states. The states created the federal government. And they created it to be limited in scope, not to be omnipresent in our lives. And so to analyze this, and you see the positions that these people take, whether we're talking about guns, whether we're talking about life, whether we're talking about confusing children at a time when they're already confused and, and doubtful about their sexuality. After all, they're, they're going through changes where their bodies are being changed from children to adults, and that, that's a process that takes time. And so this has always been a time of confusion for children, and you interject into that right at that point when they're very, very vulnerable you know, their bodies are being bombarded with hormones. And so here you have these these people that are saying it's okay to use drugs. It's okay to choose your sex. It's I mean, they're now wanting to hand out condoms at the uh, Boy Scout Jamboree, okay? And so you have no longer calling it Boy Scouts, but just Scouts. So you have boys, girls, and homosexuals, and they're handing out condoms, which is like when you hand out condoms, that's like a permission slip. Every condom, you know, the kid knows the condoms are there, whether he has one in his pocket or not. He knows, and they, and trust me, the kids get together and they talk. Hey, man, you know, they got condoms, okay? So what's, there's only one thing you do with a condom, all right? And so this is a, a form of... Um, this is a form of sorcery, witchcraft, and pharmacaea being practiced. And you can read this in the Bible, folks. This is thousands of years old, okay? Thousands of years old. And so you already have all these chemicals in your body as a kid that naturally change you from a child into an adult. And you add to that, now they want to say, okay, it's okay to, uh, to use drugs, okay? It's not okay to use tobacco, but it's okay to use every other drug, okay? And then we're going to say, oh, well, we all want the same thing. No, we do not all want the same thing. And I find it really, really horrible that, you know, my late grandfather was a World War II era veteran. And, you know, we've, we, 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 we're honoring on Memorial Day, we're honoring those that gave the last 
measure of sacrifice for this nation. And quite often what they're fighting against, particularly in World War II, it was very, very obvious that the evil we were fighting. Okay, we were fighting big government, the Nazis, the communists, the socialists, the fascists. These are the things that our soldiers fight. And they want what they want to preserve is the opposite of that, freedom. Freedom that God gave. You know, you read God's holy word, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there also is liberty. And it's this, this idea, liberty, this is the animating idea of the American experiment. It is that and that alone. Everything else flows from that. And this is why in my seven C's of a successful society, it starts with Christian faith because the other six, they flow from that Christian faith. And without that faith in God, you cannot have the other six. You cannot have conservative values without faith in God because what are you going to conserve? You know, the fake conservatives or the incomplete conservatives or the confused conservatives, they don't even understand what conservatism is because without God, there is no conservatism because what is it that you're going to conserve without God? There's nothing to conserve. And so you're conserving what? An idea. And, and so all this other fake conservatives, oh, I'm a national security conservative. Oh, I'm an economic conservative. Oh, I'm a social conservative. Okay, these are aspects of conservatism. These are not the essence of conservatism. The essence of conservatism is the fact that this freedom to express these things that you express, be it the social conservative aspect, be it the national security aspect, be it the economic aspect, these come from God. They, they come from faith in God. And this is what animated the founding fathers to even break from England and create this great document, which is the contract by which we live with one another. And this is the thing that people fight for. This is the thing that people raise their, their hands, and when they take the oath of allegiance, they, they declare an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And today we honor those that have given the last measure of sacrifice, particularly against the foreign enemies. And as I alluded to earlier in today's program, the, the various oaths that people take at, you know, at, 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 at places like uh, West Point, the Citadel, VMI, even a lot of your other, um, you know, uh, higher institutions of, of so-called higher learning, okay? UVA, they're so famous to be so holy and righteous with their, you know, their vaunted um, system of student government and the student honor code, okay? So then why is it that so many of their graduates come out and they become Democrats? And for 10 years, I've been standing behind this microphone and I've yet to have a Democrat official call up and defend themselves successfully or actually to, try, to even attempt to defend themselves. Now, I've had a few ordinary Democrats call up, but I've yet to have a Democrat uh, activist or a Democrat elected official or a member of the swamp or a member of the media, even though I've challenged these people to debate year after year after year, and they run like cockroaches. Because there is no defense. Because this freedom does flow from God. 
conservatism is not what they say it is to conserve the past, no matter how imperfect it may be. Conservatism is to conserve the idea that your freedom is a gift from God. And it's not what the coalition of evil says freedom is, which is what their idea is, that your freedom and my freedom is limited by what their rules and dictates are. Okay, and be that by elected officials or be that by the permanent bureaucracy. Okay, the, those un, the unelected swamp that we elected Donald Trump to drain. But we honor on Memorial Day those that fought against this, and yet in our daily lives, we allow it to happen. And we forget. And I, I would love to have heard from, you know, one of the cadets that actually raised his or her hand and took that oath that a cadet does not lie, cheat, or steal, nor tolerate those who do. Keyword, nor tolerate those who do. And yet we tolerate this every day, every week, every year, 24-7, 365. We tolerate these things. Academia wants to transform your grandchildren into homosexuals. You tolerate it. Women find themselves pregnant without planning. And people say, oh, that's a mistake. Kill it. And we tolerate this. And there are, many, there, are people, there are so many people that want to adopt these babies that people go overseas to adopt babies. And yet we tolerate it. Politician after politician after politician says, you know, I'm going to raise, I'm going to, uh, you know, cut taxes. We're going to cut waste. We're going to cut fraud. We're going to defend the border. We're going to do all of these things that we, the people, say that we want done. They get in the office, they don't do it, and then they get reelected. What does that mean? We tolerate it. We tolerate things that people that we honor on Memorial Day died for. Let that sink in. So, my final word for today's program as we observe Memorial Day is this. Think about the sacrifices of our soldiers. What did they fight for? Those that have given their lives, what did they die for? Those that are fighting today, what, for what are they fighting? How much of what they fought and died for do we tolerate today? So what's the best way to honor them? Put some ketchup and relish on your hot dog. Go to a parade. Or would you think it would be a better and more fitting tribute to them to stop tolerating the things that they obviously believed in and were willing to sacrifice their lives for. Just a thought. Just a thought. And as we leave you on this Memorial Day, I just want to share these words. 
that the Lord would bless thee and keep thee, that the Lord would make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious to thee, that the Lord would lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. We're going to see you next week, folks. And don't forget, we have a Sunday replay, 9 to 11, in the local Central Virginia area. God bless you, America. We're going to see you next week. Say